Hello and welcome to the Amplifier Podcast, the show where the best in business discuss how you can grow your business best. I'm Wyatt McPherson, I produce this show, and this week our host Don Cooper is speaking with Susan Gilbert for her second of three episodes with us. Susan is a best-selling author, a top 100 marketing influencer, and someone who loves to help other entrepreneurs create foundational material in the form of major market books. Don and Susan discuss business leaders achieving a higher purpose, why all entrepreneurs should be writing books, and how all of this can help you and your business elevate to new and greater levels. It is an amazing conversation, so make sure you check out our other two episodes with Susan and subscribe so you don't miss any in the future. With all of that said, though, I truly do hope that you enjoy this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. Let's dive in a little bit and just talk about why entrepreneurs should write a book then. Yeah, well, there's some real basic things about why they should write it, because there's nothing like a book as that foundational piece. We were talking a little earlier using the analogy of building a house. You wouldn't go to Home Depot and buy some lumber and nails and come home and think you're going to build a house. You might be able to pull that off, Don, but the average person. No, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm a Colby uh, seven four seven three. So my three is my implementer. Um, I, 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 I do a lot of stuff around my property, but it's, I think it's my quick start that allows me to kind of jump in and take on projects around my property, and I love doing that, but. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a quality craftsman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll work on that when we write a book together, because the idea, the core message, that's the foundation. And when Mm -hmm. you get to that core message, that's the foundation, there's nothing like it to express that person, that entrepreneur's unique brand. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll amplify the business, you know, the amplifier podcast, it will amplify the business but it makes you stand out because nobody else has that. Sure. There's a lot of other people in the industry, but there's nobody that's going to have your perspective and that passion that is there. Um, and we just unearth it and get it out and release it. Um, and then as a part of that, your book gives you the visibility and uh, authority and credibility like nothing else. I mean, every, almost everybody says, if you're an author, they're like, wow, you're an author. Even as easy as it is to publish now compared to where it was 20 years ago when I first got into it and people weren't self-publishing mm-hmm. for the most part. So, but the credibility remains the same. And those of us that are in the industry, we know it's not that hard to publish a book, but it is hard to write that quality book that does something very different and uniquely than anybody else. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that creative process of, and, you know, and for me, when I write my, my shorter books, getting ready for the book, thinking about what I want to share actually, you know, unlocks the, you know, what's trapped in your head. And a lot of people go, well, I don't know. I don't have enough to say, but once you pick the, you know, when you pick the topic and then you start to think about the sequence of how I want to share value and and how that builds up a lot of a lot of the value that I that I have trapped in my head can't actually come out until I write that book. Yes. Well, it, right? as entrepreneurs, we're creative. Yeah, we wouldn't be entrepreneurs if we weren't creative. 
And so other, we could work for a company and just follow the routine for the job description. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but for those of us who are, who are entrepreneurs who either re- have chosen it or got catapulted, I got catapulted into it. But for those of us who, and, and then I continued down that road, but um, as entrepreneurs, we're creative people. Mm-hmm. And so writing a book is a very creative process. And you can get stuck in the creativity and that's when we spin in circles or we, if we're following a framework and we know that kind of, you know, the Stephen Covey um, start with the end in mind, if we know what that, why are we doing this? um, Then that helps to contain because we have more creative ideas probably than we'll ever be able to get out on paper. But um, another, here's, here's a, tip that not many people talk about but for those of us who have multiple books in them if you can plan it out that you're going to write this book this year this book next year then you have that through through line and my client rick cesari that's what we've been doing we've been doing a book a year for me i mean some people might have it that they want to write a book i just feel that the going through the book process unleashes creativity in a way that I hadn't experienced if I was sitting there, you know, you know, I mean, you know, way back when in school, when you were assigned to do a book report and write an essay on someone else's work, it was nowhere near the, the way that when you go through the planning and the thinking about what you want to share, it seems like there's, you know, the gate, the floodgates open up. And by the time I finish a, a, a book I've already got ideas for three more <laughs> that's wonderful well you know plan them out you know because once you know what they are and you've done the process it's just a matter of going back and the process that worked for you like some people are really good at speaking there I'm working with a real estate agent she's uh, not a realtor who owns an agency that has about 50 realtors working for her and um, she's a people person she's got to be talking. She said, I can't sit down and write at the computer because I'm doing contracts all day long. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't want to do it that way. And I got her set up with Otter, which she was not familiar with. And now she's sitting on her deck, looking out over um, the lake there at Coeur d'Alene and talking her book. So it's also finding the process that allows you to be creative. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I really learned that the, the, the right using the right channels for the right people is so key. You know, we're, you know, one of the core values in our business is always growing. And so we, we actually um, buy libraries of books for our staff um, to learn and grow. So, because I, I, when I came up uh, before I was an entrepreneur, I was an intrapreneur. I was inside of other organizations and I was really great at starting a new office or bringing a new brand into a country and I would take it so far and then I would I would continue to out, to expand new offerings beyond what the founders or owners of those companies some public some private would do and I would get bored with the constraint of okay just run it now. No, I want to grow it. I want to turn it into something. And what I realized, you know, and I spent half of my career in the industrial space as an entrepreneur. 
And I'd always get to some point where I'd get frustrated with, don't these guys have a vision for what we could do? Exactly. And, um, and inevitably I would leave and then I'd go start something new. And I did that for 10, maybe 15 years. And then, then it struck me that I've just got to do this myself so that I can really have that creative freedom to listen to what my customers and clients want and need or what they need solved and then figure out how to solve it and, and, and constantly innovating. So my, you know, my industrial business is called innovator and my, my, my business that I help other entrepreneurs with is amplifier. And some people look at me and go, well, those seem, those two things seem so different. And I said, well, no, they're just me. (laughs) It's just me. And, and the only reason that it's two things is because it really serves two different kinds of clients that I'm Mm -hmm. both passionate about. And I'm always reinventing new things in both just as an expression of my own creativity, I think. Yes. Yes. Well, so smart that you can do them both and do them simultaneously. I tend to jump ship. Now, the work that I'm currently doing now is probably the longest work because I've been doing it for 20 years. So it's the longest thing I've ever done. But my backstory, you know, you always talk about the signature story, is that when I was 25, I was married and I had married very young because I married my first and my first boyfriend. Yeah. Um, when he returned from Vietnam and he Mm -hmm. came home all in one piece, he was healthy. Um, and so we got married and then eight years later, he was diagnosed with acute myelogenous leukemia, which we learned long afterwards that was from agent orange, but they gave him six weeks to live. He lived nine months, but during that nine months, my mother was diagnosed with cancer of the liver that had spread from her colon. And in the span of one year, I lost both of them. And you might think, you know, at 25, well, you're an adult, but you know, you're not prepared to lose a parent. You're not prepared to lose a spouse. And the plan had been that I would go to college when he finished his education. And he was three credits away from graduating from the University of Pittsburgh when he died. So I'm like no income, no education. What am I going to do? And I knew from, because he had finished out his tour of duty the last few months we were, were married in Santa Ana, California. So in California, you could establish residency and um, I think it was one year and um, go to a state college. So I uprooted myself and I, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and moved from Pittsburgh to Santa Ana, California. And people said, how did you do that? Well, I didn't have anything to lose. Mm -hmm. So what happened in the interim before I got the time um, requirement filled in is that I was offered a job selling microcomputers, the old um, CPM operating system, the predecessor to the IBM PC, which then when I started selling those, I started selling the IBM PC built a business for those people, which I really resonate with what you were talking about. Like I, I did it for them, but they were, they had a myopic view of what this could look like. AT&T saw everybody in San Diego, which is where I was, was living, knew that I was the go-to person. They bought PCs and hundreds at a time. And AT&T offered me a position to head up there. It was called the National Data Sales Organization. 
to come in and train their staff on selling microcomputers. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven because that chip that was on my shoulder that I'd never gotten that college education and here's AT&T bringing me in at an executive level. Yeah. And the guys that I had been working for said, Susan, we understand why you're doing this, but you're an entrepreneur and you, <laughs> you're not going to be able to stay with, with that company. And they were absolutely right. So I went from that to opening up coffee shops before anybody knew who Starbucks was to yep. self-publishing books before anybody knew what self-publishing was, which is now where, what we've been talking about, but that takes creativity to do that. Sure. It takes Absolutely. creativity and imagination and also an inner trust in yourself that you're going to land on your feet. Did you ever go back and get that degree? No, no. So no. I, I want to show you, I, I always love having these kinds of conversations. They kept telling me to go to school for engineering, electrical yeah. engineering. I don't even know what that is, but somehow my aptitude tests that I had good 3D spatial, I was good at math, whatever that might have been. I probably would be working for a company as an engineer, you know, took my retirement, went off and did whatever. But the fact mm -hmm. that I didn't have training and I had to keep reinventing myself and reinventing yes. myself, or I was choosing to reinvent myself because I was bored and I wanted mm -hmm. to try something new. Um, and I trusted that I'd fall on my, you know, I'd land on my feet. I might, you know, fall over from time to time, but I always be able to get back up and land on my feet again. That that's what gives me the background and the uh, wisdom to be able to do the work I do today. Absolutely. You know, I, I was, I was doing criminology with a plan to go into law school afterwards. And, um, I'm so, you know, looking back now, um, I had a chip on my shoulder that I didn't get to go to law school when I was in my early twenties. Um, but looking back now, I'm a God, I'm glad I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I, would, that, I would not, I don't think I would have, I mean, uh, and I'm sure there's people who love practicing law and if that's for them, I I just think, you know, knowing what I've discovered about myself over my life, I, I, I need that creative ability to, to, to uh, push forward. But, you know, the, the real spark, though, I think I, I look back on not finishing university as a blessing for me, because um, that striving for, you know, I think that I think at the time, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. But I thought, you know, I needed the status of a degree, right? was was the thing when I really process it it was about okay I need to get the status so that I can say that I have that and my family didn't have that and you know whatnot but the, the blessing that I got from that was I had such a hunger and a thirst for learning and growing that I know I have friends who you know went and got a degree went and got a second degree but outside of that academic pursuit, they don't learn and grow at all. They don't, I, I you know, I read, I read and, and do deep dives on, on, on books. Um, uh, I probably read 50 books a year, maybe, um, you know, um, sometimes five at a time, you know, depending on what my interests yeah. are yeah. and some, and, and the ones that really connect with me, they're dog-eared, they're marked up. I end up going back to the author and getting to know them. I, you know, end up in a workshop. I mean, last, you know, the big deep dive that I've done this past year that I really loved was working with Dr. B.J. Fogg. 
Oh yeah, he's right? and he's and great. so you know got his book, which was great. But then he ended up becoming a member of Genius Network, and we did a ten week workshop inside a Genius Network where he did a deep dive into that methodology. And then I joined his his um, his behavior design workshop at Stanford that he does, and went into another eight weeks of really understanding how how you can dis design behaviors in processes, in products, um, in, you know, in how you uh, can create and predict uh, a, a sets of behaviors so that you can get goals accomplished on teams. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. But I, I have this hunger and thirst for growing that I don't think I would have had or I suspect anyway, that I don't think I would have had if I had just sort of followed that, that other, you know, structured learning uh, approach that, you know, that is academia, right? Which well, is, which, which I think if you're, if you're wired that way, I think it's great to do that. Well, but, but just even a specialized training, as in the example that, you know, I, I taken some, some individual courses at the Penn State Extension, where I lived, and I just couldn't afford to both support myself and pay for the, the education, which is what precipitated the, the move. But, and that's where I'd gone through the testing. And they're like, oh, with they're hiring women, you can become an electrical engineer with an associate's mm -hmm. degree. And I realized I probably would have done that if I didn't have, as you're calling it, that hunger. Like, yeah. no, that's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I know that isn't it. But had yeah. I done that, I, I don't know that, because I think once you're in that that path, which is that parable that I was telling you about that I wrote from Messengers on a Mission, he became a, a pilot because his father was a pilot. Right. And once we go through a particular level of training and we go down a path, if we don't have that hunger to explore the desire or the boredom um, mm -hmm. to learn something new or try something new, then yeah, we're just going to stay in that repetitive loop and um you know it's kind of like even you know we, we've been talking about how entrepreneurs are creative but often it that creativity can be overshadowed even for entrepreneurs just stifled by the business process yes. and and then the creativity gets left simmering on the back burner so kudos to you that despite the fact that you're running basically two businesses and have a family that um, you still are keeping that creativity alive because that's creativity is something that has to be cultivated and mm -hmm. it has to be maintained. And there you have it. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of the Amplifier podcast. If you would like to get in touch with Don or Susan and discover more of what both of them can do for you, then you can always find both of their links in the description of this episode. We did three episodes in total with Susan, so definitely make sure you go and check out the other two. And make sure you leave a five-star rating. It truly does help us out a lot. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss any future episodes. With all of that said, though, I truly do hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Amplifier Podcast, and we shall see you next time.